it was a side of Dan Aykroyd that you don't usually see of him actually. Yeah, being a little f- bit like measured. A little measured. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we're talking about crystal skulls, the legends, the movies featuring them, everything we can. I know. This is one of those weird times where what we're talking about is actually a real thing. Yeah. Right? At least my understanding. You're going to be talking about the actual history, but my understanding is that these things are out there. Yes, yes. But you're interpretation of where they came from or what they mean yeah. is what puts it in Guide to the Unknown territory. It's Hokum. It's Hokum? It's Hokum and so? Huey. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert, I listened to Dan Aykroyd go on at length about the Crystal Skulls and found it to be very fun and engaging, but with that Dan Aykroyd yeah. element of like, hmm, I'm really glad you love it. It's pretty <laughs> conclusively fake really yeah basically he said that hewlett packard examined them in the yes. 1960s it's true it's true yes they did there are some brands that come up in this hewlett packard hitachi of you know yeah did they do things besides the magic wand i don't care. okay all right cool i was just making sure that we had the same reference. <laughs> I was afraid I was going to say Magic Wand. You'd be like, Kristen, you're always gross. They make video games or I'm whatever. I'm sure they do. You know. The fact of the matter is I, they probably make like TVs or remotes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. But no, Hitachi, Hewlett Packard. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for brands that I didn't expect to see pop up in my research. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. So let's just get into it. Let's do it. Let's start talking about the history. Well, what... Did you know, if anything, what do you think you know about Crystal Skulls? Literally, literally Indiana Jones. Yeah. And the Kingdom Same. of the Crystal Skull, the fourth movie. That, that I think, is the beginning and, and of course, and the vodka, the, right. the Dan Aykroyd vodka. Mm-hmm. But outside of, like, I'll, I'll be talking about pop culture later. But outside of pop culture, I don't think I knew anything. I didn't either. I didn't know a damn thing until today when I did this research. So here's the deal. When we say crystal skulls, it's exactly what it sounds like. We're talking about carved skull-shaped crystals um, of varying sizes, but often kind of what's referred to as like actual size of a head. There's sometimes bigger ones that are like football sized or whatever, but it's mostly they're supposed to look like replicas Made out of crystal. Well, imagine your own skull, but if it were made out of crystal. Uh-huh. Right? Like on the on the face of it, it's like um, it already screams fantastical. Yeah. Crystal, as obviously like a mineral, right? And bone as being hard and rock-like, mm-hmm. it starts to conjure for you images of people that are maybe made of crystal. Is there a full crystal skeleton? Is it more than just the skull? Are these oh my creatures? God, I actually didn't think about that at all. Sure. I think these are are perfectly reasonable extrapolations at least. I know I know I'm being ridiculous, but the idea is like if these things are out there, why is there a crystal skull? Is it fabricated by a person? Yeah. Or is it a being that had a crystal skeletal structure, died, and then somebody took the head? I don't know why that didn't even occur to me. You're yeah. right. That's not a, a weird thing to think from a crystal skull. Like, where's the rest of the crystal, crystal skeleton? Yeah, I want the crystal toes. But it, I did not even think about it. The crystal femur. The crystal pelvis. Doesn't have quite the same brain. It doesn't. <laughs> um, so all of the important ones are claimed to be hella old, like super ancient relics. Um, but the origins differ. So some of them are said to be from the Aztecs, the ancient Aztecs, who did genuinely frequently create intricate carvings of things, 
Plus, they did genuinely have a special interest in human skulls. So in the Aztec community, way back, um, like Mesoamerica, they call it, sacrifice in that community was genuinely a common thing. Human sacrifice. Human sacrifice. And skulls were often worn um, as some sort of like talisman. They like wear it as a necklace or hanging off their clothes or something like that and or used to create structures. So they ended up finding, like archaeologists, like a tower of skulls oh, wow. that was buried underground. So they that's a genuine thing that they were into that sort of stuff. So combining those two facts would make sense. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem so beyond the realm of the possible that the Aztecs may have carved skulls. They were meaningful to them and loved carving. Right. We love carving. We love skulls. I combined my two passions. Put them together and what do you got? Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Um, So... (laughs) Another theory when we start to get kind of out there are that these skulls were left on Earth after extraterrestrials did a pop-in. So... (laughs) Just checking, everybody. Everybody's all good? All right, see you later. I hate it when you pop in. Give us a call first. Give us a sign. Do a beam. They might have left something behind just to have an excuse to come back. That's right. Right? Like George Costanza did. Extraterrestrial. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Stick in your mind. Costanza. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the alien thing seems to come from the fact that quartz crystal is genuinely used in technology. Hitachi used it in technology, found that you could encode a bunch of stuff on it. Um, And it's used in things from watches to computers, genuinely. I I don't know if they still use it as often today, but definitely having like a quartz watch, meaning the inner workings of the watch, I feel was a very 80s, 90s status thing. And that is because quartz does have uses. It's a conductor, stuff like that. Um, So people say that quartz can hold information. So, were aliens trying to transmit information to us through these crystal skulls is basically the thought. If this is a conducive material that can hold memory, that can do all kinds of weird crap, could the aliens be using it to communicate with us? But we haven't been able to crack the code exactly yet to find out what it is they meant to say. I'm going to say something crazy right now. Okay. So... A long time ago, we talked about this thing called the Georgia Guidestone, mm-hmm. right? It's in Georgia in the United States. Nobody knows who built it, supposedly, but it's meant to withstand an apocalypse. Right. And this literal stone, a monolith, contains the building blocks of mathematics and, yes. you know, a compass and trying to tell the the history of, of humanity so that a future civilization can find the Guidestone mm-hmm. and then, ha- like, catch up on... Like everything that we've discovered over the course of hundreds of years. Anyway, my point is taking something and encoding knowledge into it Mm -hmm. to pass it on to another civilization. Back to your point about aliens. If you're trying to communicate with earthlings who presumably do not speak the same way that you do. Maybe Mm -hmm. aliens speak telepathically. Maybe it's just a big language barrier. Yeah. But they're like, your brain is your knowledge center. Yes. And your head holds your brain. We're going to encode knowledge into this crystal skull and give it to you. And what we're trying to tell you is, just like your head holds information, so does this one. 
William, this crystal skull. That is exactly what I wrote next. Are you serious? It is exactly what I wrote v- next. Word for word? Well, maybe not word for word, <laughs> but yes. I Rambling about the Georgia Guidestones for some reason? <laughs> maybe not the Georgia Guidestones, but I said, is the, is the skull shape symbolic of the fact that our heads are where information is held, yeah. and so they want us to know, like, put these clues together. There's information here, and it's in the shape of a... Or there's something here, and it's in the shape of a head. Yes. Could it be information that lives in our brains? It's important. Yeah, exactly. So during my research, not exactly just on the alien thing, but in general, I found out about this concept that I guess I've heard about before, but not in these terms, um, called object resonance. So some people kind of say, yes, that the skull is symbolic of like, this is knowledge to go in your head. Um, Some people say it's not symbolic and that it has to do with object resonance. Uh, resonance and that it's a very like literal thing so that this is the concept that objects will begin to mirror each other when they're in proximity of each other for a meaningful amount of time Um, i found a story of egyptians who used to sleep with an intact skull when they had a head injury because they believed in this idea of object resonance where if this skull is intact and yours has an injury somehow your head is going to start to match what's going on with this intact one or, or the skull is going to develop the same issue that you have. You're right. Hopefully not. But also Hopefully on that you're rising tip, to the highest vibration. Also on that tip, though, like maybe have like a whole body. Because so what, if, what if you're mirroring the severed head so much so that your head falls off? Maybe it's like witchy and you set an intention. Maybe. Like my intention, my intention is for is the, the solidness of this skull to transfer to my mushy skull. I want the universe to ignore the part where it doesn't have a neck or a body. Yeah, we're only concentrating on this part. Or the fact that it doesn't have skin on it, right? Because if you're trying to match the skull, your your skin might melt off. It's symbolic. Symbolic. William, but the resonance isn't symbol. I don't understand. I understand what you're saying. It's just a severed head is not the same thing as your own head. (laughs) Correct. Okay. Um, And I wondered, is the concept of object permanence some sort of like metaphysical explanation for couples who start to look alike or people who start to look like their dogs? (laughs) Is that object resonance? Who knows? I one time saw, um, I'm I'm not going to go into too much detail, so we'll just leave it at, I saw an ugly couple at the (laughs) mall. They're the exact same size and shape. They're, the size and shape doesn't matter. It's just they were identical to each other yes. and they did not look very good. But they were standing next to a sign in the mall that said, please pardon our appearance while we renovate. <laughs> and I had this overwhelming urge to just be like, you folks should find somewhere else to stand. <laughs> because the It sounds like I'm being mean, but I'm helping the you out. potential for tomfoolery here is greater than you realize. That's right. Some, some horrible teenager is going to come waltzing by and see an opportunity for a joke. There's going to be trouble here. One time I played a similar joke on Ryan where I had him pose for a picture and it was underneath a giant sign that said trash for the narrow <laughs> hang Trash. <laughs> laughed and laughed. Oh, boy. Um, so anyway, the crystal skulls are basically in this theory. W- w- excuse me. The crystal skulls are the aliens who made them wanting our heads to be filled with the information that is Gen- like physically contained in that skull, yes. basically. There's also this legend that there are 13 true crystal skulls 
that are scattered around the world and that when you put them together, something's going to go down a la Indy. Okay. Um, some things say that we're going to have the answer to how for how to save humanity. Some things say something scary will happen, whatever. But this seems to be a common theme with some different variations. Um, on Ancient Aliens, I watched a clip of that guy with the hair theorizing that maybe these skulls are all like computer chips and they have to come together and work together like a machine in order to do what they're supposed to do. That's interesting. Like individually, they're kind of ineffective, just like a cog wouldn't be doing anything without the rest of the machine. And then when you put them together, they do what they're meant to do. Is it weird that there are 13 skulls? You don't think of skulls as coming together and doing something. but if Yeah, it like, they're not pieces of a puzzle. Right? Maybe they like need to all be looking other, at each other. Sure. But what, if it were the other bones, mm -hmm. right? Like we, we believe that there's, you know, a leg bone in yeah. South America. Connected to a hip, hip bone. bone. But like the idea being that you need to reassemble the magical crystal person and then right. they can tell you. So 13 skulls is weird. It's like a, it's weird. assembling the, the council, assembling a tribunal. You know? And that's kind of what it looks like in it's Indiana Jones. It does, yes. So that makes sense. Indiana Jones, I was actually impressed reading some of the – or re-watching the movie. Mm -hmm. We'll get to it. But like they do have 13 crystal skulls that's fine. in Indiana Jones, presumably because they knew this history you're telling us about. I feel like they, they did their research. Is yeah. The point. Yeah. I feel like they must have. As outlandish as that movie is and as complicated George Lucas's creative input is to a lot of people, they mm -hmm. did their research. They knew they knew the real lore to make their their outlandish movie. Maybe they had Ackroyd in a consulting role. Oh, Uncredited. I, uh, I, I'll get Maybe to it. Maybe it was a script doc. Ackroyd v. Spielberg. Oh. They did they did talk around this time? I'll get to it. Excellent. It's not that big a deal. It's not. It's not that exciting. I don't mean to cliffhang and say that you're like, who cares? But I will talk about it. Okay, yeah. sweet. Um, I want to mention that a lot of people kind of credit this as being a quote unquote Native American prophecy. Sure. It's not necessarily one. It's just another like magical Native American sort of. Course. of stereotype i guess you would say um but when they're talking about it in terms of it being a native american prophecy they're viewing this legend in the um, positive light that the skulls hold the key to humanity saving itself but that will only be revealed when humanity is ready which oh. is also a very good fail safe for it to not be happening of course we're just not yeah. ready we just don't need it yet yeah it's like exactly. harry potter right? we can use it close mm -hmm. yeah wouldn't it be funny if we did assemble all the skulls and they were like finally you've reassembled us and we can tell you yeah you need to look out for this guy adolf hitler <laughs> right and we're like oh we're God. like oh we already did that we're pa yeah. we're past that now what about global warming and stuff they're like what's that what's that now <laughs> yeah, they they're <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Whatever prophecy they were working from to create the skulls didn't stretch that far into the future. They're like, we thought you would have figured this out by now. I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were going to have to plan this far ahead. And now the alien's just alive again and just yeah, has to just like, stick around on the planet. So things suck here and we can't fix it? And now I'm alive again? Right. Thanks a lot. All right, great. Thanks everyone. for taking your time. He just has to live He's like, like your neighbor. In this post-Hitler world? I was supposed to stop this. This was not supposed to be part of my reality. Going through like a, a midlife crisis of like, that was my entire purpose, so who am I now? Yeah. This morose alien. <laughs> morose. <laughs> Thousand-year-old alien. Yeah, it's like, oh, I failed. I woke up too late to give the message. Yeah. <laughs> Slept in. 
hit the snooze. This is this is this is a cheesy pilot. We should be writing this down. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. Okay, so another theory is that these skulls are the relics of the lost city of Atlantis. Oh. So, Atlanteans are said to have been extremely technologically advanced, and this sort of plays into that. So, again, if there are these crystal skulls, and crystal is this, like, magical material that can encode all kinds of crap, of course, they would be utilizing this. It's natural of the Earth. Yeah. All this time, so it's not like they had to wait for us to come up with it or whatever. They're, they're using it. Um, the story is that there were 12 temples of Atlantis, each with a crystal skull. Then there was a 13th mega skull called the Master Skull, Whoa. and that was made of amethyst. Whoa. This skull gathered all the history and info of the temples over a 260,000-year period. I guess that's how long Atlantis was around. Okay. From there, the story with Atlantis and crystal skulls is much the same. When the real ones reunite, when they've allowed themselves to be found, they're going to reveal divine secrets. Um, so there is this book called Mysteries of the Crystal Skull Reveal that's out of print, but apparently it's author Joshua Shapiro finds a way to get some out there sometimes if you're curious about it. And he explained his feelings about this as saying, we believe the crystal skulls are a form of computer which are able to record energy and vibration that occur around them. The skull will pictorially replay all events or images of the people who have come into contact with them, i.e. they contain the history of our world. Almost like they're really videotaping. Yes. That would be fast. That's a fascinating concept. I'm really mm -hmm. thinking like cinematically now, if like you could watch the quote unquote playback of that. Yeah. And so you're seeing, you know, like a <laughs> Someone's Neanderthal. Someone's face. Yeah, like all in the facets of the skull. Warped. Why is it like a fisheye nineties? Because it's the fa it's lens. the facets of the skull. You know what I mean? It's not like it's just like clear. It's like little grooves and stuff. So it's gonna look all weird, like a kaleidoscope. Oh my god, it's gonna look like a music video. <laughs> but like you'd see like Neanderthals like looking at it and stuff and being alarmed by it, and then like a conquistador. Yeah. You know, interacting with it. It's on a ship mm -hmm. for a while. You just see the horizon bobbing. Yeah. Like it's it's interesting the idea that. If it contains knowledge, maybe it constantly contains knowledge and it's observing everything. Yeah. If it's a skull, it has eyes. It's mm -hmm. always watching. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if that's part of where the idea of it pictorially recording things comes from. Yeah. Is the fact that you associate eyes so with seeing things, obviously. That's a good question. Tastes. Yeah, I can that's smell That salty sea air. That's yeah. right. It doesn't seem great. You know, they keep describing it like a computer chip. Yes. Which is, I think is really interesting. It's almost like aliens or Atlanteans, I guess, gave us a floppy disk, mm -hmm. which got me thinking. There was that joke of like when you hit save, why is it a floppy disk still? A lot <sighs> of people don't even know what a floppy disk is. Why is that? It should be a brain. Yeah. It should be a skull. The symbol for save Yeah. should be a crystal skull. Yeah, that's true. It'd be, it'd be creepier though. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I'm think I'm talking about the brain being the um the thing for save instead of a floppy disk. Yeah. Oh yeah. I the crystal skull is like fun or whatever, but the brain. I don't like the idea of us like downloading things to well, our brain. I guess brain. also usually if you think about clicking even the image of a skull on a computer. Mm -hmm. Historically, yeah, it's like it means usually like that your computer's about to die. Virus. Yeah. Or something right like it's about to be murdered. What Newman did to that computer in Jurassic Park. Yeah, exactly. So they probably <laughs> want to distance uh -huh. themselves yeah. from that idea. I guess so fine. So even though there's this legend about bringing all the 13 skulls together, it seems like even separately, there are some people who claim the skulls have a little bit of an effect, mm. even if they're not doing their like big bombastic humanity saving thing. 
Um, people say that they could heal you just by being in proximity to them, that they enhance psychic powers. In fact, one woman said that she had a premonition of JFK's assassination oh. while looking into a crystal skull. Let's talk about that very woman. She's important to the whole Crystal Skull origin story. Her name is Anna Mitchell Hedges. So why do you know about this? I know. I'm, a, I'm aware of the phrase. I'm a, I'm a fan I'm of Anna Crystal Hedges. Huge fan. I'm aware of the phrase the Mitchell Hedges skull. Why do you know about that? They talk about it in Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. All right. So this was like one of the first crystal skulls that kind of took the world by storm from Anna and her father, F.A. Mitchell Hedges. Hmm. F.A. was a celebrity British explorer and writer. So a rare breed that isn't around anymore. Gracious. It's like a British guy wearing a pith helmet and like all khaki, you know, well, I'm off again. <laughs> exactly. Another adventure. Isn't there a guy dressed like that in uh, Ace Ventura? Yes. He says he looks like the monopoly guy. Also, yes. um, uh, the uncle from the fraggles yes yeah yes that's right um so he claimed fa mitchell hedges that he took his daughter anna on an archaeological dig in 1924 in what is now belize and that she found a crystal skull however there were people who were at the site with him who said that they didn't dig up a skull and his daughter anna wasn't even there oh. so like what are you talking about and it gets even more definitively proven from the horse's mouth that this is just made up later on um, so it seemed like the skull got its first taste of major fame from Mitchell Hedges from him talking about it in his 1956 memoir, Danger, My Ally. What? Danger is my ally? No, it's even weirder. It's just danger, my ally without any punctuation. So it's not even danger, colon, my ally. Danger, my ally. Danger, my ally. Maybe it's a British. It sounds like a spell. Proper thing. Danger, danger my, my ally. ally. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you right. turn into a goose yeah. <laughs> um, so he writes about it in his memoir but he didn't tell the story of how he found it that kind of came about later in the book he said quote it is at least 3600 years old and according to legend it was used by the high priest of the maya when he was performing esoteric rites it's said that when he willed death with the help of the skull death invariably followed then mentions of the skull were removed altogether from subsequent printings of the book, probably because it was discovered that he bought it at auction from an art dealer named Sidney Burney. Awesome. Somehow a letter that Mitchell Hedges wrote to his brother saying like, hey, it's got this cool crystal skull became public. Awesome. And so people were like, oh, what are you talking about? That's not the case. But that didn't stop Anna from still cashing in on this and touring with it as an adult. So I guess I feel like I've heard other instances of things like this where like the truth about something has come out, but somebody who had been riding that lie for a while just continues to ride it. Cause like probably not everybody heard about it. Especially and also especially exactly at this time, it's not like you could like come across it online or whatever. Yeah. So Anna toured around with the skull, um, sometimes calling it the skull of doom, basically doing like a pay-per-view thing with it in the late 60s through the 90s like intermittently every once in a while for a couple of years she decided to trot out the skull of doom and do a paid tour in a 1970 letter anna also stated that she was quote told by the few remaining maya that the skull was used by the high priest to will death so kind of backing this whole thing up 
So the skull was pretty famous in some circles. And so it was analyzed by archaeologists, including scientists from Hewlett Packard, a few times. And they even looked at it in the Smithsonian in 2007. Their findings were that it seemed like it was made by modern tools. Like they say that they discovered it in 1924 or whatever. The records do show that... um, Mitchell Hedges bought it in like something like 1930-ish, I think it was. And the way that it was constructed couldn't have been before 1930. There are like holes in it because the jaw of it is movable that had to be done with a drill that wasn't a thing yet. They were able to find like microscopic traces of like resins that machinery is treated with to kind of like keep it healthy. So it would be like, you know, I don't know how you make these things, but like some sort of like Dremel saw that has a certain sort of treatment on it. There was a trace of that treatment on the skull. So they know that they weren't these authentic ancient Mayan skulls. And in fact, what they thought was that it looked very much like another skull that had gotten popular and gotten some heat before even the Mitchell Hedges skull. It was a skull that uh, appeared in the British Museum in 1881. So a lot of people just call this the British Museum skull. That skull at that museum, even though it was touted as being an ancient Mayan or an ancient Aztec skull, was actually a Boban. Ow. What? There was a dude named Eugene Boban who was a dealer of pre-Columbian artifacts and started padding out his business by creating his own artifacts, quote unquote. Amazing. So he sometimes had real stuff, but he made a lot of stuff. He was accomplished at making it. And so he made a whole bunch of crystal skulls. We've seen this before. Where have we? I know. I was thinking that too. Yeah, there was there was like it was either like, you know, Sasquatch footprints or something like that where somebody was like, no, 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 they're they're real. But also I did make some that are fake, but some are definitely real. Everybody, some are definitely real. I know that rings a bell to me, too. Or are we kind of thinking about the Enfield haunting with the little girls faking the noises? There certainly is that, too. My point really is that there's like a long heritage of people that are claiming like once they're caught. Right. Claiming. Oh, you did catch me faking something, mm-hmm. but most of it was real. Right. And it, it just it becomes a, a little messier then to Yeah, to really for sure. Because it's still, for people who either believe or want to believe, mm-hmm. it still leaves the door open yeah. to, to getting to enjoy some of it as being, you know, verified or real. Right. And it, it, almost, makes, it almost makes that other stuff... Like it's, by it being able to go, like, on it. it does, but it also allows, I think, a certain uh, number of people to go. No, no, no. He admitted to faking yes. skulls five and six, which means right one through four definitely real. Yeah, because he would have admitted, admitted it. it. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it just yes. it almost like deepens the groove. Yeah, of, it's admitting to part of a lie. Yeah, so that it makes your whole thing seem real and getting away with the other yeah. stuff because you're honest. Right. Totally. So, yeah. So there are a lot of people out there, reputable people who say that most of the crystal skulls that people are like, but this one is legit. They are Eugene Bobin's works because he really went to town and distributed them far and wide. A Bobin original. A Bobin Ridge. So that is the history of the crystal skull. I love it. I I think it's so interesting because, again, these things are actually out there and Mm -hmm. you can look up photos of them. Yeah, they're cool. 
they, they're cool. Anything that, I, listen, skulls are cool looking. Yeah. So if you see a skull that's carved out of, you know, quartz or crystal or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. like, it's fascinating to look at, but the lore behind it is so suspect. Yeah, totally. But also, like, you could, so it, on one of the sites that I was reading from, I didn't include this because it wasn't really relevant, but a site that was talking about Atlantean stuff, they were talking about the Atlantean crystal skulls basically as a precursor to going into talking about using crystal skulls in crystal grids, which is something that people do. Okay. Um, and they were completely acknowledging, like, I just mean any crystal skull. I'm not talking about it has to be one of the crystal skulls or whatever. Yeah. But this article was talking about how they liked the symbolism of it being knowledge and maybe there'd be like an aspect that people say crystals represent and having that in the shape of a skull is kind of evocative of you integrating that into your life. And so if somebody's into that kind of thing, I don't know, it's just like, oh, I get that. That's kind of cool. I can yeah, see somebody like focusing on that and that being a positive thing. Sure. I want to mention, actually, um, I have a friend of a friend who uh, operates like a crystal shop. It's called Lustrum Apothecary that you can find on Instagram. And um, she sells crystal skulls. Her name is Ariane. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Very Just cool. like, you know, she's not saying they're the crystal skulls. Uh, yeah, of course. But she has skulls made of crystal, made of glass, and then like other stuff, but relevant to this. Honestly, whether you think you're getting something out of it that's metaphysical or spiritual, or you just think, that or you think it's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. I've, I've got crystal skull stuff. I just think it's neat. Yeah, totally. She So they, she has like pretty glass ones that are yeah. really neat and colored. So check it out if you're interested. It's I think it's lustrum.apothecary on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. All right. So before we talk about the pop culture yes. that's gotten into crystal skull stuff, let's talk about our sponsor, Tracy Michelle Bullock of SimplicityDoYourDream.com. So we've been talking about Tracy for a few weeks here on the show, and we just want to make sure that you know that it's clear that Tracy can help you no matter what industry you work in. She's a career coach for everyone. Yeah, there are certain things that like, you know, no matter what job you're you have or a career you're trying to start, mm-hmm. there are certain things uh, that are, you know, a, a constant shared experience. Yeah. How do you get your business off the ground? How do you get your product out the door? How mm-hmm. do you engage customers? Yep. Those are all things that you're going you're gonna to encounter no matter what you're trying to do. And also one thing that I wanted to throw out there is that we talk a lot about people that are starting their own, own business. What about people that maybe want to start their own business, but they don't know if they're ready yet? Yeah. That's a huge one. Oh, yeah, for Having sure. Having the dream but not even knowing the first step to take, take advantage of this. Totally. So um, take a, uh, here's a listen from a skincare consultant and makeup artist and stylist, Ivy Ray, who says, everyone needs a Tracy. Right. So this is somebody who doesn't have a traditional office role or even like an internet business. She's a hands-on skincare consultant and she gets a lot of use out of talking to Tracy. So whatever you do for your job, if you find yourself listening to our ads about Tracy and kind of thinking, I wonder if she could help me with XYZ, why not find out straight from Tracy if she could help you with that for free? Because Tracy offers free 30-minute coaching sessions that you can book through her Instagram or her website so getting started couldn't be easier or lower risk yeah maybe you can even break that up and make it 31 minute sessions i'm sure she'd be open tell her that we said that you can do that yeah i'm sure she can definitely accommodate (laughs) that uh so anyway go check out simplicity do your dream make your appointment now for career coaching from someone who really gets it go to at tracy michelle bullock 
or www.simplicitydoyourdream.com. And just for Guide to the Unknown listeners, Tracy is offering 20% off your first month of coaching if you name drop GTTU pod when you get in touch with her. That's right. So make sure you go on Instagram to at Tracy Michelle Bullock, Michelle's with one L, and go to www.simplicitydoyourdream.com and let Tracy know that GTTU pod sent you for 20% off. Awesome. Um, all right. So let's let's talk now about Crystal Skull pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. First of all, there are a lot of micro things, right? Like there's an episode of the A-Team where they evidently come across a crystal skull and it's got glowing red eyes and it does some, but they don't, it doesn't really dig into the lore. It it tends to, I see it being used as a spooky thing. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean. Yeah. That's all it needs to be. But I do have, uh, from those sorts of examples, I do have one thing that I thought was kind of uh, uh, amusing. It's a video game. uh, Nancy Drew, Legend of the Crystal Skull. Ah, it's from 2007. Nancy Drew goes on vacation to New Orleans with her best friend, Bess Marvin. Of course. As a favor, she stops to check in on Ned Nickerson's friend, Henry Bollet. Mm-hmm. French name, Louisiana. Ah, oh, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Henry's last living family member, his great uncle Bruno, recently <laughs> died and left him responsible for settling the estate. As soon as Nancy arrives, she's knocked out by someone wearing a skeleton costume. Which makes me think of voodoo and uh-huh. uh, Baron Samdi. Uh, and she soon discovers that Bruno was the proud owner of the Whisperer, a crystal skull rumored to protect its holder from almost any cause of death except murder. Mm. When Bruno died, it was not found among the clutter of the Bole Manor. Nancy teams up with Bess to find the uh, mystical artifact before it falls into the wrong hands. Nice. So again, very much a MacGuffin. Another one, another plot where it's just like this is a spooky thing and a bunch of stuff happens around it. Um, But I I looked at the video game a little bit and honestly, it looked like the kind of thing that like I think you would frankly enjoy. Yeah. Is it like a point and click kind of thing? Love point point and click. game. It looked like it was just like going from puzzle to puzzle. So one of them was yep. just like organizing library books. I love those kinds of games. Thing, so I've played a lot of those weird games where it's like Houdini's intrigue Houdini. <laughs> or whatever. Houdini's mystery bathroom. <laughs> I've played one that's like an Edgar Allan Poe based one, a Mark Twain one, a Houdini one for sure. Mark Twain one? Yes. Is it on a riverboat? Yes. Well, a riverboat was involved. Of course it was. Yeah. anyway jumping from 2007 to 2008 Mm -hmm. which is when dan Aykroyd's crystal skull vodka yeah came out now i just want to point out and we'll touch on this again in a moment 2007 is the nancy drew video game 2008 is the crystal skull vodka i'm holding a bottle an empty bottle right here um 2008 is also the year of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What the hell was going on? What was happening with crystal skulls? Maybe somebody found a crystal skull and the information that was encoded in it was the information for these things. It created an arms race yeah. for everybody to create their interpretation. That's right. Dan Aykroyd went with something you could sip. Yes. <laughs> rather than a story. So, you know, it's a humongous hit. Yes. It, so, hey, it was. Yeah. It was. So there are a few very... I'm going to talk literally about the vodka mm-hmm. of it, and then we'll get into some Dan Aykroyd-isms. But the vodka itself, I'm not a big... I used to be a, a bigger drinker than I am now but ali got me this crystal head vodka yeah um and i don't like vodka and i like this quite a bit but it's really the bottle like i think more yeah, than anything cool you buy it for the bottle it's literally a glass 
skull. Mm-hmm. It's not a life-size skull. It's not like a, some gigantic, enormous no. thing. But it's a it's a skull, and the 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 top of it at the top of the skull is the stopper where you pour from. It's actually kind of clumsy to pour from, uh-huh. but it it's so cool looking. Yeah, it's very cool looking. So there are a few variations. Original clear glass. They just came out with a black glass version, which I literally okay. almost in my research was like, I'm just gonna go buy this. Yeah, yeah. Right now, and then you could get made... a black glass skull at Michael's for eight dollars. Yeah, I know, but Dan Aykroyd <laughs> didn't touch it. Dad, Dan Aykroyd didn't touch that. He might have. He definitely didn't. Listen, he is a salesman amundo for this stuff. I would not be <laughs> shocked if he goes through the warehouse. And I wouldn't like be shocked either, honestly. Warehouse tours yeah. and shoots videos in there. and It's not impossible. Absolutely. So they also have something that I think is really cool. It's called Aurora. They take the original clear glass bottle. They electrify it. They put it in like a pressurized chamber uh-huh they electrify the glass and then they pour these metal powders in there and the the electricity the glass and the powders collide and it coats the glass in a shimmering rainbow effect that's meant to look like the aurora borealis that's very cool it's super cool I don't know. I hope they come out with like some sort of like non-alcoholic spin-off line. I know. Because some brands do that. Yeah. And I stopped drinking four years ago, but I would love to <laughs> that sounds neat. Yo, I, I honestly they should. Why not? Everyone should. Everybody should. I could go on. Mocktails are frequently mocked. But I think that there are less and less. Less and less? Yes. There okay. are some really cool ones out there. Just in case anybody is curious, here are some of my favorites. So I'm a bit of a connoisseur. Sure. Um, Curious Elixirs is a brand that I like a lot. Kin is a really cool brand. There's a brand called Seedlip that actually makes not Seed Lips? Seedlip. This makes me think your lips are all covered in seeds. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very nice <laughs> sounding name. But they, they specifically make non-alcoholic liquor, save like gin yeah. and stuff like that. And it's nice because you still feel like it's still fancy kind of. Yeah. You know, oh, you're, sure. it's like not something you're just gonna like drink or whatever, like casually getting a Coke or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like it has the bitterness that you come to like from drinking or whatever, but you don't ruin your life and self-esteem from them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, in 2014, a forensic artist named Nigel Cockerton used clay to make a muscle, skin, and hair construction of one of the Crystal Head uh, vodka bottles to see what it would look like if the bottle had been an actual person. That's very cool. Which makes sense. You can almost like truly like forensically, if this is meant to be a skull, you could try to figure out who's this the skull of. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Um, The end result resembled a laughing man. So the mouth is open yeah. on this bottle. Yeah. And so when you turn it into something that looks human, it resembles somebody who's like looking delighted, happy, laughing, whatever. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was evidently pleased with the face, although he had previously thought of the bottle as being feminine due to its size and had nicknamed the bottle Joy due to the joy that it brought him. He's just said that he was relieved that the face did not turn out to look like him. <laughs> Which to me... That'd be so cool and weird. Screams missed opportunity. Yes. I would... Love. If we if it was a secret that we didn't know, yeah. and then you reconstruct and you're like, oh, it was Dan Aykroyd's it's skull. D Aykroyd the whole time. Right. I would love that. Oh man. I would love that. Um 
So here are some of Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Skull beliefs. Okay. Wait, I just thought of two more brands I want to say before I forget. Sure. Okay. Athletic Brewing Company is specifically a non-alcoholic beer company. And there is a thing called like Hill House Beverages. That's non-alcoholic wine. Hill now, House. Yeah. Now oh. we've covered it all. Okay. We got beer brand, wine, liquors, and just fun mocktails. Oh, so you were trying to cover the full like spectrum and categories. Well, I just realized that I happened to cover it. I didn't I didn't think we're going to talk about this today. For every occasion. For every occasion. So uh, Dan Aykroyd obviously believes in ghosts and aliens yeah. and stuff. So I found a clip of him talking uh, to Joe Rogan mm-hmm. on the Joe Rogan experience. Now, I'm not a listener of this show, but the second that Dan Aykroyd started talking and Joe Rogan goes like, so now talk to me about like actual crystal skulls. What do you think of that? And he goes, well, first of all, I just want to tell you, you know, uh, the, the crystal skull that we make has no glycerides, no additives, anything like that. And he just starts talking about the vodka again. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, 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 but the crystal skulls. And he's like, well, yeah, there have been, of course, you know, stories in the Mitchell Hedges thing was very interesting. And Phyllis Newman, of course, had to put a skull in her closet because <laughs> talking to her. Oh and Joe Rogan goes, Hol- whoa, hold on. Whoa. Yeah. What? what? Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. What did you do? What? And he goes, yeah, Phyllis Newman had her own crystal skull. She had to put it in a closet because it was talking to her. Who's Phyllis Newman? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I have no idea. In the course of this clip, and again, look in the show notes. We're going to have links to all the stuff we're talking about. He talks about so much stuff Uh in 20 minutes. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Dan Aykroyd's like original, one of his original like claims to fame on Saturday Night Live was his fish-o-matic sketch. Uh-huh. You familiar with that? Like, I know what it is. So he pretends to be almost like, you know, a late-night infomercial selling a cheap piece of equipment. And in this in- instance, it's a fish-o-matic. It's a blender that can blend a fish. Mm-hmm. But he does that speedy salesman voice of like, that's right, it's all natural, fast, overpowered, gonna get through that fish in no time. That's right, folks. Like, he'll just like ramble, yeah, ramble, like ramble, an auctioneer. Like an auctioneer. It's genuinely how he talks. Right. And hearing him speak to Joe Rogan <laughs> was just like, whoa. Like, yeah. I was taking notes and my fingers were burning. I went through, like, five <laughs> keyboards. The phone is smoking as you're, yeah. For real. It was it was wild. So he said that um, uh, mainly one of the big things that he talked about with the Crystal Skulls, I actually found him to be fairly diplomatic. Mm-hmm. He was saying that these things are out there, but whether or not you believe that they are extraterrestrial or spiritual or have any magic to them is a whole other matter. Yeah. And he himself even pointed out, he's like, I, you know, there are plenty of people who have verified them and said, you know, they could not have been made by human hands, but uh, there are, you know, just as many, you know, scientists out there who say absolutely not. They're definitely fake. So they're experts. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Okay. What Good. do you, you know, what do you, what do you make of that? You know, Good. so he calls out that experts yeah. have refuted it. And Joe Rogan even goes like, but you want to believe in it. And he's like, oh yeah, I would love to believe that they were paranormal. Mm-hmm. Like it was a side of Dan Aykroyd that you don't usually see of him actually. Yeah. Being a little f- bit like measured. A little measured. And it was, it was more interesting for that. Almost like what we were just talking about before. Yeah. When somebody admits, yeah, I faked the last five things I did. Mm-hmm. It makes you look at the first five and go, so then he didn't fake those. Yeah. Him being like, yeah, some people said it was fake, so maybe it's fake. Mm-hmm. Means Dan Aykroyd, his credibility just yeah. went way up for me. Yeah, totally. He's but capable of looking at both sides. It's just super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's such an interesting dude. I at, love him. At one point, I, I love him too. Um, at one point, Joe Rogan, because uh, <laughs> Dan Eckert gets back on talking about the vodka for a while. Uh-huh. And uh, Joe Rogan goes, listen, you are an incredible. You're like one of the greatest spokesmen of all times. You've sold me. You've yeah. sold this to me already. 
And Dan Aykroyd's line is, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, and he goes, you're a fast talker. Tony goes, oh, yeah. When I was a child, I was inoculated with a gramophone needle. Oh, my God. It's like a, Whoa. a hell of a line. Yeah. A hell of a line. But so I, I watched this clip and they go on to talk about aliens overall and stuff like that. They talk about Barney and Betty Hill, all these things that we've talked about before. But they didn't spend a ton of time on the crystal skulls. It uh-huh. sounded like Dan Aykroyd is willing to have some benefit of the doubt yeah. in that arena, which again, I found kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. But let's talk again about this this year phenomenon. So 2008 is when he launches Crystal Head Vodka. And it's the same year that Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is coming out. Yeah. Well, I found this. Crystal Head Vodka was in development at the same time as Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So sensing a conflict... Dan Aykroyd arranged to meet with Steven Spielberg to discuss resolving the issue. Oh. Presumably, if you're looking to resolve the issue, uh-huh. that means either... there. I mean, there is an issue. There, Yeah, but it's like... No, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be an issue. You know what I mean? Sure, right. But, but it also it's means showing like, that you think there's an issue. You're going to try to get Steven Spielberg to change his movie? Yeah, what was... What was this What mean? was the plan? Yeah. So to Aykroyd's surprise, Spielberg suggested that he would uh, he would have liked Crystal Head Vodka to be served at the premiere. Okay. Jones. So I mean, that like, makes sense. It's like a fun tie-in. Absolutely. So is that what happened? Yes, that's what happened. That's but it's cool. Just, it's fun also to think of like Hollywood Titans, Dan yeah. Aykroyd, and Steven Spielberg meeting. Yeah. I'm sure they've met, right? Like I'm Probably. sure with like Hollywood Arena and... All those things, but I like, would imagine it's just funny for Dan Aykroyd to be like, I need to schedule a meeting with uh Steven, yeah, right, talk about this issue. <laughs> right. Like, there's an issue, is it really an issue? It's yeah, it a movie like that's it. coming out this summer, and it, it, then it'll be on DVD forever. I don't know, product field from <laughs> your thing. I don't think one's cannibalizing the other, no, it's fine. Uh, but now let's transition to Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yeah, which more than anything. I think is known these days just for its terrible reputation. Yes. Um, people seem to really hate this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for my money, I like it. I like it. I have a lot of affection for it. I like it. I enjoyed myself watching it. I have many of the same issues as other people out there. Yeah, I don't think it's like perfect or anything. But, but it is a know. very charming movie. Yeah. And the merits of it are overlooked by the, mm-hmm. the like, oh, well, he... Hides in the fridge from a nuclear bomb. Right. Uh, oh, a monkey has Shia LaBeouf's haircut. <laughs> it's like, yeah, those are problems. That is tough. I do agree. That monkey with Shia LaBeouf's haircut. Is... Listen, I'm not saying I liked that part. Toof stoof. But there's wonderful stuff with Indiana Jones in that movie. Like emotional things and yeah, seeing nice. Indiana Jones be older and still be yep. like, like crushing it. Like I watched it for this show and like there's straight up moments where like I would have expected them to be doing like the Texas switch uh-huh. where Harrison Ford walks out of frame and then stunt double climbs all the boxes yeah. or something like that. But no, in the frame you see 64 year old Harrison Ford mm-hmm. like climbing stuff and jumping down and fighting people and falling over. That's yeah, like, cool. They were in it. He was really yeah. in it. And I, I like that movie. Yeah. I like that movie. I do too, honestly. Um, I still want to do a, a video praising what's good about mm-hmm. it rather than condemning what everybody always condemns. It's yeah. too one note to shoot this movie down. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the Crystal Skull let's. in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So the movie opens mm-hmm. with them going to Area 51. 
They call it Hangar 51, which is what Area 51 is frequently known as. Right. But this is the warehouse from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Mm -hmm. where they put the Lost Ark from the first Indiana Jones movie in this gigantic room full of crates. The implication being each one of these crates is probably an Indiana Jones adventure. This warehouse actually inspired me to write and direct a thing for the the Long Hallway Mm -hmm. flash fiction uh, audio drama that I directed where Mm -hmm. I wrote about... Like, well, now that we have all these power thing, f- powerful things under one roof, isn't that actually super dangerous? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, could that be like a crystal skull situation where they're all together and yeah. that creates some sort we of need reaction? To split these things up. Yeah. Thanks, Indiana Jones, for putting them all in this warehouse. But like, we got to get them out of here. Yeah. Anyway. Do you remember what the name of that episode of The Long Hallway is? The Warehouse. Yeah. So look it up. Go check it out. Um, but so... Um, yeah, so we open in the warehouse and the the Russians now, because we're Indiana Jones is older, the Nazis are gone, mm-hmm. it's the Russians that are doing all this stuff in the Cold War. Mm-hmm. They want his help finding something. Mm. Something in the warehouse. Something that he should know about because he was part of the original archaeological dig that found it 10 years ago. And it turns out to be a highly magnetized set of remains. Uh-huh. The remains of an alien, mm. Kristen. You'll literally see an alien corpse on screen at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. And it's one of the things that makes you go, wait a minute. Because, <laughs> like, Indiana Jones is usually about, Yeah, like, like, earthbound. Earthbound, like, religious relics. Yeah. Where even the fantastical stuff of that is usually off screen. Right. Or, like, it's faith-based. Yeah. There have been ghosts in Indiana Jones before. On-screen ghosts. Yes. So, But we haven't done aliens. We haven't done aliens. It's just a big jump. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the point of the story becomes... At the same time, it's not the biggest jump. I, you know, I don't disagree. I don't yeah. disagree. It definitely has a different flavor. Yes. Um, but, uh, and it's like almost like when you like eat a new food where you're like, I don't know if I like this. And then you yeah. start being like, actually, you know what? I do kind of like it. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging flavor. Like umami. There you go, right? Yeah. It's something that you're not going to like, you know. Mm-hmm. The Indiana Jones movies are popcorn. Yeah. They're, they're just like easy. They go down easy. They're fun. They're right. exciting. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull mm-hmm. is like truffle butter. Yeah. You know, like it's just like a little more challenging. <laughs> yes. Right? Is that... <sighs> did I make a mistake? Isn't that a thing though? Isn't it a real food? Yeah, it is a real food. I made a mistake, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking I, about I, the real... I fear, I fear this is going to be a clap alien cheeks thing. <laughs> where about... they're like, the old doesn't know Indiana Jones is. does that too in this oh. movie. <laughs> in our definition of it, yes, he yes, does. Yes, he certainly does. <laughs> I think I've made a huge blunder. Put this on my blooper reel. Bethany in the chat is just laughing now. I goofed. It was a goof. It was a goof. <laughs> it's on the DVD <laughs> blooper reel. Anyway, it's like truffle popcorn. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it's also a better analogy because you're talking about popcorn. You're well, like, it's I, like popcorn. Or, I popcorn, know, I know, anyway. but still. And truffle popcorn is a thing. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sorry. I'm I'm quite flustered now. So <laughs> wow, we've gone real blue in this episode. I we know. talked about the Hitachi magic wand and truffle butter. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> Explicit warning. Oh no! No one saw it coming. <laughs> nope. But so um, from that point on in the movie, it becomes all about the crystal skull. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, there's like this. He calls out the Mitchell Hedges skull because he and Shia LaBeouf 
are trying to track down an old friend of Indiana Jones's uh -huh. who theoretically, the rumors are, he may have found the crystal skull and so they go to like a, a prison cell where this guy was being held and he'd scrawled all over the walls he'd drawn pictures of the crystal skull mm -hmm. but rather than a human skull it's an elongated cranium yeah like a distended human skull like an mm -hmm. alien head um and indiana jones in that jail cell calls out he goes like no, this is different. This isn't like the Mitchell Hedges skull. Ah. And so you start to weave in that something is amiss here. Yeah. But what's fascinating to me, hearing the stuff that you laid out of like the, the real history of the Crystal Skulls, it's almost that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, I think, are playing here on. So the Mitchell Hedges skull, let's call it out. It's not real. Mm -hmm. We're not going to make the MacGuffin of our movie this highly Historical. contentious real life historical artifact that most people uh, you know confront as being fake yeah let's deal with what the purpose of it was mm -hmm. and create something new and fantastical off of it yeah and so it's literally an alien skull right when indiana jones finds this thing not only is it like crystal looking but in the back of the head like it's translucent mm -hmm. rather than transparent so you can see part way into it, but you can't see clearly through it. Yeah. So somewhere in there, you can see colors yeah. and movement. Yeah, it's very cool. Looking. It's almost like a reddish purple thing that's in there, just like an energy. And it screams like there's a brain in there. Mm -hmm. And it's magnetic, just like what you were talking about as the skulls supposing that, that they have some sort of an additional yeah, property they, to them. Yeah. Gold coins are flying over to it and getting stuck on it. Mm -hmm. well, wait a minute. Crystal is not magnetic. And gold is not affected by magnets. Yeah. So there's a moment in the movie where Indiana Jones is holding it and he's excited because he's an archaeologist and he's holding it and he turns to Shia LaBeouf and he goes, with a smile on his face, he goes, what is this? Mm -hmm. And it's loaded with like a childish excitement. Yeah, like I haven't seen anything that I didn't know about in a long time. It's, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's a moment in the movie where Irina Spalko, the, the enemy, she runs the the Russian contingent that are trying to get the crystal skull. She uh, believes that she's psychic, uh -huh. and so and she believes that the skull has psychic powers as well. It does seem to. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But she makes and she uh, puts Indiana Jones in like a strapped on chair thing and makes him stare into the eyes of the crystal skull. Uh huh. And he basically starts like convulsing. And like experiencing something, and then later in the movie, he's like, "I have to return the skull. I'll do it myself." They're like, "Why? Why does it have to be you alone?" And he goes. Because it told me to. Yeah. It's like, oh, this stuff is all real. Cool. It takes yeah. you to Peru. Mm -hmm. uh, you see like the Nazca lines, which are this real life thing where there are images drawn on the face of the planet, but you can't really see them unless you're like yeah. above, which is one of those things where it's like, how did ancient cultures know how to make something that's visible only from the sky? Clearly. And why even do it? Why? Because like they couldn't get up there. Yep. So um, could they? And, and, could they? Hmm. They also, hmm? huh? Maybe they could. Yeah. They also, Indiana Jones and Shia LaBeouf, go into some catacombs where they see one of the big, wonderful things about Indiana Jones is corpse puppets. Yeah. Everywhere. Totally. Grotesque puppets of dead people. Yeah. And so one of the things they see are skulls that, human skulls that mm -hmm. are distended. And Indiana Jones and Shia LaBeouf's like, they look just like the crystal skull. And Indiana Jones goes, yeah, some tribes would... Um, would bind the heads of their infants mm -hmm. so that they would grow to to honor the gods. Yeah. And I looked it up and uh artificial cranial deformation absolutely is a thing 
and absolutely is a thing that was done in Peru. Hmm. So like even all this fantastical Indiana Jones stuff, they're still weaving in some real life yeah. stuff again for fantastical, ridiculous reasons. I do yeah. not think that it was done to honor the gods and right. the gods were not aliens. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, it's again, it's just like playing with real life folklore and mythology and interests. Could it have been to honor the gods because it's kind of stretching your head to the heavens? It could be. I mean, what I read about artificial cranial elongation is that, it could be as simple as being like, we want to make sure that our tribe, we can tell who's in our tribe or not. Mm-hmm. So we we all do this. Yeah. And if you don't have this, you're not one of us. Gotcha. Like it, it could be, it could be any number of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But that that is the reason that I read. Hmm. But like I said, it turns out that there are 13 crystal alien skulls, yeah. alien skeletons That's entirely. Cool. And so they go to this gigantic Mayan pyramid where they have to like you know go through all these booby traps and apparatus and things and they end up in a treasure room that is adorned with like you know uh, uh almost like Mayan artwork and mm-hmm. then that leads into an oval shaped room where there are 13 alien skeletons sitting in chairs around the perimeter looking down the at you in the part's very the room. cool. It's it's so fun and the the honestly the set design and the spectacle <laughs> of it is really interesting if you can divorce herself from like this is an Indiana Jones movie and yeah it, it, it's not what I expected yeah it's not what I it's not what I wanted but given what I've got I'm having a good time yeah. enough but like so thirteen aliens in thirteen chairs only twelve of them have skulls Indy's got the thirteen uh huh so when he holds it out it zaps yeah to the body because it's all magnetic and then what starts happening. They talk about these 13 aliens as having one consciousness. Mm -hmm. They're one being with a collective consciousness. And the UFO that they're in, evidently, this oval-shaped room is part of a flying saucer, starts spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And so the 13 bodies, as they're rotating faster and faster and faster, 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 they turn from 13 separate bodies into one being Mm -hmm. that has the... (laughs) With their hands on their hips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Greetings, Indy. Um, but they store the, they have the collective knowledge of the world. Yeah. Which Irina Spalco, the enemy, uh, wants because she's got this love of psychic stuff and uh, Russian thought experiments. And power. And power. And so she goes, tell me everything. I want to know. Uh-huh. And so the alien stares at her and her eyes burst into flames. <laughs> she yeah. starts screaming. It's a very Indiana Jones <laughs> totally. type, like, careful what you wish for. Yeah. All right. You got the... the and a all- di- very Indiana Jones dispatch of a bad guy. Yeah. Her eyes burst into flame. <laughs> yeah. But again, pulled from the theoretical uh-huh. history that you talked about. The crystal skulls were about sharing knowledge. Yeah. It's just... You better be careful when you ask for all of it. Yeah, you're supposed to be ready. Humanity has to be ready. Not just you. Yeah. And so it ends up destroying her. Yeah. And so uh, Indiana Jones, they escape from the flying saucer. The saucer destroys the ground of the temple that it's buried under and flies off. And uh, by destroying the ground, it... It uh, creates these like uh, avalanches and then water from surrounding bodies of water pour in and fill this valley. Uh-huh. And uh, it's basically erasing that it was ever there to begin with. Right. So also very Indiana Jones. He almost has yeah. nothing to show for the adventure in the first place. Yep. He went through all of it and he's not walking away with a crystal skull. Mm-hmm. He's not walking away with proof. He's walking away with his own experience and that's that. Yeah. And But honestly, more than anything... 
I'm talking specifically about the Crystal Skull aspects of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And for my money, given what you talked about in the first half of the episode, yeah, well done. I know. Like, it's actually a very fun fictional weaving together of all the stuff that you were talking about. Totally. Um, so uh, here are a couple of quick things off of this. Uh, famously, this movie came out and did not do very well, right. especially critically. Mm-hmm. Um, most people still regard it as being just like a straight up bad movie or a mistake. One of the popular lines on like movie Twitter is to go like, uh, what fourth Indiana Jones movie? Oh. <laughs> Where you're like, ha ha. We get it. Got it. It exists. Yeah. And it's okay for it to not be perfect. Uh-huh. I, I think it's almost more interesting to have something to like look at and then try to do better with. Well, again, whatever. it's crazy for it to have come out so long after the other ones anyway. Yes. So I feel like almost like with Twin Peaks or with Scream coming up, like whatever it is, for something to come out so long after you thought this was done is like a cool gift. Thank you for bringing up Scream. Yeah. I have a big Scream comparative. Great. A trilogy of movies and then like a decade plus go right. by. And they make a fourth one and it's kind of gaudy looking and mm-hmm. it's full of like a lot of modern era bloom mm-hmm. and it's sort of visually ugly um, and it's highly contentious. Yeah. And they decided not to make any more. Mm-hmm. And now it's been another decade and they're going to do a fifth one. Yeah. That describes both Indiana Jones and Scream. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to mm-hmm. me. The trajectory they're following is right. similar there. But um, also after it's the- hard not to go back to the well, I think, especially when there are people who are still living and able. I'm, I'm excited to, to see be what, part of the franchise. I'm excited you know to see what, what I mean? Harrison Ford is like. I and can't the, wait to see. The it. point to me isn't oh he's so old or something like that. I think the the joke is always going to be we don't want to see Indiana Jones with a walker or something like that. But like my, why don't you shut the f up? Uh, first maybe of all, I yes, do. yeah, maybe I do. Yeah, and second of all, like. As long as you're not, like, ignoring that he's gotten older, which would be bizarre anyway, like, his age is going to be part of the story, most likely. Like, it's woven into the fabric of what that is. Again, I don't think sequels are a problem to me. I think sequels are an opportunity to tell an interesting story. What's Indiana Jones' life like now that he's in his 80s? What what does it look like when an adventurer gets to live to be that old and maybe has one final challenging adventure to go on? I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. It's interesting to me. So after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, uh, Spielberg would comment on it saying, I'm very happy with the movie. I always have been. He also said, I sympathize with people who don't like the MacGuffin, the -hmm. Crystal Skull, because I never liked the MacGuffin, Hmm. which is a very odd thing for the director of the movie to say. I know. I was so weird when- the keeper of the keys of that world. It's a shame that he made the movie- feeling less than in love with his subject matter. I know there was something I, it's going to be unsatisfying, but I I read or listened to somebody say something similar recently where they were talking about something and saying they weren't happy with, with the project. And I was like, man, it's just so weird to hear somebody say that. And then like, think about the press tour that they did Mm -hmm. where they had to talk about how much they loved it. And like, I know you have to do that, but it's just weird. It's weird. But also like as a, as a pseudo professional myself, like, I think that it does a disservice to the the collective work of everybody who worked on this thing to to say that it sucks if you are part of it. And it's fans a little bit because it's a little bit saying like you're wrong for thinking this is cool. Right. And uh, but also on that tip, 
You can also just say, I don't care if Steven Stillberg thinks I'm wrong, but you know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's true, but mm-hmm. it's just, well, here's, here's something at the 2010 Cannes film festival, Shia LaBeouf talking to the Los Angeles times, um, felt that, uh, uh, they had dropped the ball on the legacy that people loved and cherished. We misinterpreted what we were trying to satiate. In response to Shia LaBeouf's comments, Harrison Ford said, I think I told Shia he was a fudging idiot. As an actor, <laughs> From what I understand, he's a fudging idiot. As an actor, I think it's my obligation to support the film without making a complete ass of myself. Shia um, is ambitious, attentive, and talented, and he's learned how to deal with a situation which is very unique and difficult. Um, and then LaBeouf commented on this later, talking about how it affected his relationship with Steven Spielberg, saying, he told me there's a time to be a human being and have an opinion, and there's a time to sell cars. It brought me freedom, but it also killed my spirits because this was a dude I looked up to like a sensei. Now, honestly, I, f- I feel very <laughs> conflicted about that because obviously you want to mm-hmm. be able to say exactly how you feel right. about something, but I don't know that the press is the person to deliver those notes to about something going wrong Definitely. with a production. And, and also, like I, I mean, I'm just repeating myself, but then by proxy, the public. Yeah. Like, well, that's what I mean. I don't know. Yeah. Like, let them enjoy the thing that you like it. Some made. people really, and I'm not saying this because I, I like the movie and to hear, I am a, fully aware of the problems with I know. Movie. I'm not even talking about this movie yes. in particular. Sure. Yeah. But like, again, this is also a very trite thing to say. And I do think it's very important also for people to call out things about productions that are off the rails or mishandled. Oh, well, you yeah, know, but... But, like, we're talking about a movie where it's creative decisions. Yeah, we're, they're talking about with. taste. They're talking about taste. They're not talking about... And if it's a matter of taste, this is show business. Yeah. The business side of it is just as important as the show, if not more, mm-hmm. unfortunately. We want to be able to say, yeah, I made the movie for the love of it. And, frankly, I do try to treat my work like it is all for the love of it, but also... I got to get paid or else I can't do it to begin with. Totally. So like you got to sell the movie. I get the, there's a time to sell cars comment. I get it. I do too. And I also think like, it's a little bit Pollyannish of me, but like not, not every, everything, but like there's some good in most things. Yeah. So even if you thought that the movie was, you were responding to nostalgia incorrectly, like just focus on the people who, you happen to be solving their brand or you happen to be serving their brand of sure. nostalgia correctly yep. and just cater to them. Talk to the person in the audience who's smiling at you yeah. and not the people who are grimacing Yeah, and just, yeah. just do that. Like, cause don't ruin it for that guy. I, I agree. I completely agree with you. I think it's, I think it certainly is tricky, but also mm-hmm. like Spielberg, and talk to your friends about how it sucked. There you go. Like you just, it, it's fine to express yourself, but like, I don't know. Don't, it comes down to don't taste. yuck people's yum. They sure. call it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't like that. it. <laughs> but um but don't i know don't talk about my yum i also don't yeah like i don't like the idea of yum as a noun my yum my yum yum ew i know so um last thing that i have to say a few years ago Kristen, i did something (laughs) year was 2017 and i got a rye idea so (laughs) (laughs) what the hell's this gonna be I was I was paying attention to I think they had just at that point announced we're going to make Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. And uh, you could feel the whole world go, "What?" Uh-huh. Really? And they were like Harrison Ford's coming back and everyone was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Like it, the experience wasn't like, "Yeah, more Indy." It was like, "Yeah, oh, no, are you sure you should do this to him?" Yeah. Like it was like very yeah, yeah, concerned. Totally. Yeah. I was very concerned, but also the things that were popular around that time were Deadpool uh-huh. and the movie Logan. 
which uh-huh. had taken Wolverine, a historically like PG-13 character, and made it gritty R-rated, Deadpool, gritty R-rated, bad language, violence. And so I, as a joke, I wrote a one-page script. I called it Jones. Oh, yeah. A reimagining of Indiana Jones, which is family action and entertainment. I what if about you made that. Indiana Jones hard R? Uh-huh. So I wrote a one-page script. Um, and the joke again, inspired by Logan, yes, uh, uh, was to reinterpret Indiana Jones. The director of Indiana Jones 5 is James Mangold, uh-huh. who directed Logan. It was not announced back then. Huh. All right. But Looking at it, it now, I wrote a script imagining basically what if you mashed up Logan with Indiana Jones. Maybe you could feel in the air that Jones was something of a response to Logan. May What? Wait, what? Like being made as something as a response to Logan. Like, oh, this did well, so let's do like... Well, but they didn't say... It's not going to be a hard gonna, arm, No, it's not. It's yeah, you're right. Never mind. No. Take away what I just said. <laughs> Sorry. I was quite yeah. puzzled for a moment. Yes. There. But it's just weird. It's like one of those fun serendipity things in retrospect. Because I was uh-huh. like, oh, maybe I'll share this stupid script. And then I was looking into stuff and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. My stupid script is actually a little more on the nose. Yeah, it's prescient. Than you would think. Yeah. <laughs> so it's written, it's it's right now you can go get it. It's uh, talkbomb.com slash Jones. Mm-hmm. If you just go there, all lowercase, Jones. Beautiful. Um, you can find my my script. It's a one-page script, and it is very stupid. Excellent. Um, and I, I'm very proud of it. Um, <laughs> but the idea uh, is that Indiana Jones, um, like you think about it, those like sweeping shots of like, Whenever they introduce Indiana Jones, it's always got to land on his classic silhouette. Uh-huh. You usually see his shadow before you see him. <laughs> is he holding his hat like you just kind of mind? Sometimes, yeah. Does he? Oh my God. I can't really yeah. picture it. When he dons his cap? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The two hands. Yeah. The fedora. That I got. I was thinking like one hand, like Michael Jackson in silhouette. Yeah. So it, it starts, my script it starts with the sun blazes. We crane down through palm leaves until we hit the ground and a boot steps into frame, revealing the famous silhouette of Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. But, Kristen, his shadow that we're seeing on, on his silhouette is somehow happening against the sky. Okay. As if it's actually a wall. Okay. And then we reveal that he's not outside in the jungle. He's a confused old man inside a museum display. Uh-huh. <laughs> looking at diamonds. And then the security guard says, um, uh, I need you to step out of the display immediately. And then Indiana Jones about the diamond goes, it belongs in a museum. And he's choking the guard with a whip. Uh-huh. And the guard confused and choking goes it is in a museum <laughs> and indiana jones kills him <laughs> so that's my gritty hard it's well this is the the joke of it belongs in a museum and it, it already is sir. i know please you're killing you're hurting me you're killing me you're hurting me <laughs> anyway go check it out talkbomb.com slash jones if you want to read my stupid script <laughs> um but that's it awesome that's all excellent Well, I hope you all enjoyed that journey through a crystal skull. If you would like more from Guides the Unknown, you can find everything that we have at gttupod.com. You'll find our merch, you'll find a link to our Facebook group, and you will also find our Patreon. You can go there directly at patreon.com slash gttupod, where if you donate $4 or more per month as a thank you for supporting the show, which you really, really do, and thanks so much to all of our patrons. 
patrons, we give you some thank yous, like a bonus episode that comes out every month on the 13th. We do a live stream every month where we plan the next month of shows with our patrons. There are screenshots of our notes. There are random extras sometimes. There's a Discord group. It's really, really awesome over there. And we've been doing it for a couple of years. So there is a lot of stuff to catch up on. Yeah, there's a great big catalog of stuff to, to get. If you sign up today, you get it all. Mm-hmm. I also want to say Guide to the Unknown is really, it's more than just this this one weekly show. Because the other thing that we do, that we, we talk about occasionally, we record this show live. Yeah. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, we go live on YouTube.com slash TalkBomb and speak to like a couple dozen right now, people mm-hmm. that are in the chat talking to each other, uh, making comments as we're recording. Yeah. It's really cool to see. And also we have like a little pre-show and a little post-show that don't make the Friday episode. That's right. So if you tune in, you get to talk to us directly a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And you can see stuff like we've got a P.O. box and we've got, you know, uh, uh, our handles and all that stuff. We, we share them all on that live stream. So check that out. Yeah. Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's right. You can also check us out individually on social media. I am at Chillin' Kristen. I am at The Myth Traveler. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We hope that you had a good time hearing about the Crystal Skull from a variety of angles. Yes. We'll be back next week for more crazy stories. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Whoops! Ah. <laughs> That's the Wilhelm scream. Get going. A true Wilhelm scream. The Wilhelm scream, yeah.